Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and as always, this and every Saturday we come to you at this time. I'm Ed Stetzer, the Executive Director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, currently on sabbatical. Actually, I guess I'm scholar in residence at Mariner's Church. We're living here in Southern California, suffering for the Lord in, uh, I think it was 68 degrees and sunny yesterday and 10 degrees in Chicagoland. But our amazing team there in Chicagoland is, as always, doing their great work, and we're so thankful for them uh, as well. So again, you're listening to Moody Radio Partners and Affiliates uh, across the country, and also many of you, of course, listen at the podcast now. And if you do want to listen to these episodes each week, you can go to edstetzerlive.com, subscribe to the podcast. I think it takes you to the Moody Radio app, too, so you can subscribe to all the different podcasts that Moody Radio has. All of our radio programs are available uh, as a podcast, of course, including including this one. So, um, you know, here we are on the, the, the magic of, of uh, radio, uh, terrestrial radio, downloading podcasts, all sorts sort of things. And, you know, we, 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 we want to be people who are showing and sharing the love of Jesus in the midst of a uh, challenging, uh, divided, a broken, and hurting world. And love that we do so through the means of technology. And one of the ways that we get to do that is uh, people actually can use uh, you know, radio, television, billboards, ads, things of that sort. And one of the things that's kind of made the news, I mean, it's been talked about, I, I just was listening to the NPR uh, interview with uh, Bob Smetana, who written, wrote an article on this. The, the article's kind of gone everywhere. I was just seeing it in the Washington Post. Um, lots of other people writing. It's been talked about on CNN. Um, and and that is uh, this, this uh, campaign called He Gets Us. Now, uh, he gets us, just three simple words. A lot of times, easily memorable campaigns are going to be three simple words that people can point to. And so He Gets Us is a uh, a campaign that has been put together by, uh, well, a marketing team. I'm going to talk about them in just a minute. But uh, probably the thing I think is drawing a lot of people's attention is that it's going to be uh, on the Super Bowl. Now, I was actually talking about this at... I'm serving uh, at Mariner's Church in Southern California, and I was teaching. I'm in the process of teaching a Wednesday night series talking about engaging culture. And I just mentioned it this uh, Wednesday night, and just people just started applauding. They were just, I, I guess, the first time in their lifetime uh, the name Jesus is going to be mentioned in a uh, Super Bowl ad. And, and it obviously leads to some real opportunities for conversation. Now, uh, I'm actually an advisor to the campaign, and, and so I'll ask some questions, but I'm obviously pretty familiar with what's involved there. Matter of fact, it'll be uh, me, another advisor to the campaign, and then uh, the guy who's uh, kind of one of the key brains behind the whole campaign. But let me introduce the other advisor first, and that's Kevin Palau. Um, he's the president and CEO of the Luis Palau Association. And uh, you've probably heard about the Luis Palau Association. And it has united tens of thousands of churches in hundreds of cities to love and serve their communities and share the goodness of Jesus. Uh, they got a global network of thousands of partner evangelists. I mean, they just do amazing work. And so super excited to have Kevin and also Jason Vanderground. Now, Jason is, I'm, I, call, I call him one of the brains of this whole thing, but he's the president of Haven. Haven is like a marketing firm, and he provides overall strategic client and staff leadership for the firm. I wanted that to sound very official. But he's also uh, been a spokesperson for the He Gets His Campaign, which is described and defined as an as a uh, campaign to introduce people to the love of Christ through ads, uh, well, really playing all over the place. And I'm going to have him sort of unpack a little bit of this as well. I'm pretty sure you're going to have questions. I think this is a uh, fascinating conversation. Uh, that probably is unlike anything you've seen in your lifetime. 
uh, just because it's the largest faith-based media campaign in history. So, you know, we see these kinds of things and people are like, well, what, what, what is this? What does this involve? And so we're going to jump in. Uh, we're going to get your calls uh, as well. But let's let's first just talk a little bit and have Jason. And again, by the way, I'm going to talk both about the campaign, which is going to be primarily the things we talk about, the ads, and then the movement and the way we respond. And and, uh, and I'm going to talk about more of the campaign with Jason and more of the movement and how we respond with Kevin. But we'll mix it all up in the conversation. So, Jason, what a fascinating I mean, I, you know, I got involved in this months ago. But for a lot of people, they're just being introduced to the idea that these ads are, are I mean, I don't know that many people haven't seen them. I mean, it's just been sort of everywhere. So tell us first about the breadth of the campaign, and then let's talk a little bit about the purpose of it as well. Yeah, hey, Ed, thanks for having me on. I, I guess a lot of people watch watch NFL football games. And so that's, uh, I think just last month, like two-thirds of all Americans saw a He Gets Us ad. So it's definitely, you know, it's the kind of thing where you can go into church like you're talking about and say, have you guys seen it? And people are like, yeah, we've seen it. So, you know, this this started about two years ago for us. And it, and it started with this problem statement, really a problem question, which was like, how did the world's greatest love story become known as a hate group? Not that it is, but that it's often seen and positioned as that. And so we just said, you know, if, if Jesus was telling us that to be identified as his followers, people would know that, that we were doing that by the way that we loved each other, our love, our peace, our kindness, the way that we treated other people, even though we would have differences with them, of course, and Jesus certainly did as well. But that's really the foundation. That was the foundational question. And then we said, can we set out on a quest to use media like what you're saying, radio, TV, digital media, to raise the respect and the relevance of Jesus, and then to call all of us to reflect his model his teachings and his treatment of others and the way that we interact with our family and friends and neighbors every day and um you know so so the campaign itself well first of all one of the things too is people talk about you know who's who's behind this campaign that's sort of been uh, a theme actually and i think even the campaign is sort of having a little fun with that saying who is behind this campaign so i've seen uh that from people that it's either um a right-wing cabal or a left-wing cabal it's either uh, a secretive group that, you know, is holed up in some, you know, Swiss Alps, or maybe it's some people who are living in the heartland of America. Um, so, so right now you could make news and tell us who is behind all these ads. Yeah, that, it is an interesting experience because if you go back to the gospels, which is what we do, and we just try to represent what, what were Jesus's teachings and treatment of other people? What was his biography? That's really what he gets us focused on. So when you do that, oftentimes people will say, well, you must be left or you must be right. They see it in more of a political context. So I've literally been asked, like, well, you do that refugee ad about Jesus being a refugee because, you know, God came to Joseph in a dream and said, you, you have to go. Herod is coming to kill him. And so whether you consider that a refugee or an internally displaced person, people are saying, like, that's got to be a left message. And we're like, no, it's just like straight up gospels. And then same thing. Other people will say it's it, it's got to be hard right right people. And really, what it's it's a beautiful group of individuals, families, organizations that have come together through something called the Signatory, based in Kansas City, where they have decided to pool their money, and then the Signatory 
um, really manages, he gets us and is, is the client who I am responsible to. So there's about 50 families, I think in the last week, you know, we've definitely confirmed, yes, the green family is one of the families behind that, but there are many others. And as we get media coverage that says we're one thing or another, we actually have people donate just to say, no, I want to donate just because I want people to realize it's the confounding love of Jesus. And I think just getting back to our, our Bibles and realizing what he said, and it wasn't woke, it wasn't heresy, it wasn't left or right. It was confounding radical love for for our fellow human beings. And I think that that stirs up some angst within us even today, 2,000 years later. It is kind of fascinating to watch people's response. I was... I was uh... This week, I was at the Assemblies of God National Leadership in, uh, where was that, Branson, Missouri. And, um, you know, I, I kind of shared a message and tied in some of the He Gets Us themes. And I, and, I, and I said, I reminded people, what I'll just say to our audience here, is that these are ads. And you don't go from, like, people don't go from belief to unbelief in a 30-second ad. Um, they, uh, hopefully, they'll want to learn more. And there's lots of ways to do that. They'll, they'll, they go to hegetsus.com. There's... There's some copy there, and then, for example, they can go to the Bible reading plan, and the Bible reading plan will help take them deeper on who Jesus is and eventually who Jesus claimed to be and his claims on our life. And so that's all sort of um, part of that process. But one of the things I, I said, uh, I, you know, I could say this to any denomination I happen to be at the Assemblies of God leadership. I said, Assemblies of God Christians, they love evangelism as long as someone else is doing it. And, you know, I, I've said that at Southern Baptist meetings. I've said that at Presbyterians meetings. So, uh, you know, but Christians love evangelism as long as someone else is doing it. So, Kevin, I want to come to you because here you have, um, and again, I'm not much of a sports ball fan like you are. We, we, Kevin always starts talking about sports. Um, but when we um, when we look at sports, we see kind of an air game, you know, people throw in the ball, and then we see a ground game, people run the ball. So here it is, for the first time in your lifetime, you're going to have this air game, unimaginable level of people talking about these things. Um, and so how, you know, this campaign's given us this opportunity to talk about this. How, Kevin, are you hoping and maybe even helping this movement actually take up the ground game while the campaign is helping people talk and think about Jesus? Thanks, Ed, and thanks, Jason. It, it, it has been a fun journey to see this whole thing develop. But yeah, I think, like you said, genuine followers of Jesus, whatever the, de the denomination, you want people to experience what you experience in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to not only just fulfill the Great Commission as a duty, it is the duty of all of us to bear witness to the, the, the life-changing message of Jesus Christ and what a relationship with, with him can do. But we need help. Uh, we need help from gifted evangelists. My dad was an amazing evangelist. My brother Andrew is. But the everyday believer, I think something like watching an ad during the Super Bowl Hopefully, many of the listeners are planning on watching it with family and friends, and some of whom may not know Jesus personally, or they may have drifted away for lots of different reasons. So just to know that something really, really well done is going to mention Jesus in a thought-provoking way, to me, anything that helps us get into spiritual conversations is a good thing. We're the ones that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit looking for chances to bear witness. And this really does something that uh, is unique. Like you said, there's never been a spot, in this case, two spots, one in the second quarter, one in the fourth quarter, that directly referenced Jesus 
and get people thinking. So my hope is that listeners will simply be prepared to say, what did you think of that spot? I mean, that doesn't take a, uh, a doctorate in missiology, right, Ed, to say, what did you think of that spot? And then listen. So often I think people that are far, far from Christ or have drifted, they're not used to Christians listening really well and genuinely wanting to know, why did you drift away? You know, you might know. It might be your cousin who's told you a hundred times <laughs> why he doesn't like Christians or church. But it might be a neighbor that's like, you know what? That's a good question. This happened to me. You know, I'm discouraged by this or that or the other, or I have doubts about this or that or the other. Listening is such an important part of evangelism. Sometimes we get very wrapped up in, I'm not going to know the answers. Uh, what, it, what They're going to ask hard spiritual questions. It's okay to say, you know what? I struggle with that too. I'm not 100% sure. Let me get back to you. But boy, listening to people express their spiritual questions Boy, an air game, like you said, Ed, spots that, you know, he gets his ads are everywhere. Shame on us if we don't take advantage of the opportunity to have spiritual questions when something like this is teed up for us so well. We're going to continue our conversation with both Jason Vanderground and Kevin Palau in just a moment. Also going to open up to your calls. Uh, you can call and, and ask questions. Uh, maybe you've seen the ads. Maybe you're like, well, I like this one. Help me understand more. Um, 877 Five four eight three six seven five. Jason just mentioned two thirds of Americans. It's crazy. Um, eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. We're going to continue our conversation about the He Gets Us campaign with your calls as well in just a minute. Stay with us. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on Earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back. Um, we're continuing our conversation about the He Gets Us campaign. Um, and my guests are Jason Vanderground. He's the president of Haven. That's kind of the, the, the media marketing ter- uh, team. Kevin Palau is president and CEO of the Luis Palau Association. We actually see each other regularly on calls uh, about the He Gets Us uh, campaign. So we're all friends and have been walking this journey together. I'm really excited about how many people are uh, seeing ads about Jesus, about his confounding love, pointing them to more information, uh, giving them the opportunity to ask questions as well. I bet you've seen some of those as well. I'd love to hear your um, your questions or your comments at 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. Jason, I've never, like I, I know like one uh, I have a friend who had an ad in the Super Bowl, but it was kind of a weird thing. His name's Erwin McManus, and there was like this Doritos ad, and they put in this contest. And so, like, and I've never talked to him much about it. I think I had a five minute conversation with him once about it. I'm just intrigued. Like, um, you know, I kind of assumed that you couldn't have ads about Jesus in the Super Bowl. Um, so, how, how did they? How did it get to the place you could actually have not just one, but two ads? So, I'm going to ask you two part question. First. Tell us a little bit about the process. And second, tell us about the two ads. 
Yeah, so um, it's, it's a great question. And, and there actually um, has been a prohibition for, I, w I think it's about the last 10 years to have anything that's overtly religious. So in some of the media coverage that I've been seeing, people were, it's, it was about 10 years ago that the Church of Scientology had an ad that ran during the Super Bowl. I, I think it's been since then. And um, I, I think just the NFL was saying, like, let's just not we don't want something that's going to be polarizing and divisive and let's just keep it fun and the game. And um, and so um, but we were able to be approved as uh, as an NFL advertiser well over a year ago. And so just building good relationships with, with Fox, which is broadcasting the game, but also some of the other large NFL uh, broadcasters building good relationships with them and being approved as an advertiser in general. So then we had to go through the process of getting these two ads approved uh, by both the NFL and Fox. And it's been a great relationship with them because they're looking at the ads, they're looking at the message and going, listen, this is, this is a good message for everybody. I mean, 85% of Americans believe that Jesus is a worthy example to consider, that we should look at his life, look at his teachings and his value system. And that's actually very aligned with what 85% of Americans want for themselves. And so that's really what we are focusing on. And so we were able to gain permission as an advertiser on the Super Bowl, shared our spots with the NFL and with Fox, and got very, very minor little, nothing, you know, big conceptual or directional about it, but just minor little things, you know, this, uh, this particular image or that particular thing that we have in there. So uh, that it's been a great relationship. And then I can, uh, you know, even explain what those two ads are and what people. No, no, I want you to. I want you to tell us about the two ads. Yeah. So there's two ads. One is going to run in the first half, and it's called Kids. And, you know, I, I have three teenage boys, and the idea is that a lot of times our kids, it's what our kids do that demonstrate Christ-likeness to us the most. That it's the way that they love and treat and extend kindness to each other, where you just look at your kids or your grandkids or a niece or nephew and you go, man, that is so Christ-like. That is, I can see the hands and feet in Jesus in what my kids are doing right there. They're, my boys are not like that all the time, I'll tell you, but um, they do these things where they're like, when we're serving the homeless together, the way that my son will look at somebody and not see any difference between him and them, like we as adults just, we don't do that kind of thing. And so the 30 second spot about kids is all about, um, Jesus called us to be childlike, to, to be childlike in the way that we interact with each other. We think that there's something that we as adults can learn from jesus command to be childlike and then the spot in the second half is is a 60 second spot it's a, it that's a big spot in the super bowl and so if in the first half we're really showing the best in kids you can kind of imagine what we're looking at with adults and it's 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 kind of how we've been behaving badly over the last period of time it's been a while and so I was describing to my 12-year-old son as we were getting ready to go out, I was going to New Orleans to film this spot with the team. And I said, son, it's just going to be pictures of people arguing with each other. You know, like in the lacrosse game, how sometimes parents start yelling and name-calling and, and or we're on the road and all of a sudden there's a road rage and somebody is like driving crazy or we're in the parking. Like, it just seems like the school board and, and the condo board is so like, and he, go, he looks at me and he goes, dad, that's every day. Every day I see stuff like that as a little 12-year-old boy. And so what we want for the American people is to see this message of kids. 
kids being Christ-like and doing these confoundingly loving things like Jesus. And then if we could kind of look in the mirror and go, man, how have we been doing as adults? And what kind of example are we showing our kids? And is our anger coming across to them? And did Jesus call us to another way? And so that's the scene that unifies this all together is really the what we're calling the third way. And many people have talked about the third way. It's not new to us talking about it. But we see Americans picking two primary ways of responding, either through avoidance where people say, I, I just can't take this anymore. This division, these situations, like I can't take it. And we have epidemic levels of stress and mental health issues and just avoidance and loneliness. And or we go to the other extreme, which is really anger. And we're seeing this play out a lot more, just shouting and fighting, just watching the basketball games last night, just more fights, more people hit it. And we tend to toggle between these two extremes. But we've triangulated that a little bit and said, you know what, I think I think at the top of that triangle, if we were to look at the agape love of Jesus, the love that unites and heals all of those wounds. And so we're not calling for people to moderate or become centrist or to give up their deeply held beliefs and convictions, no. But what we're saying is there's a way that Jesus he held on to all of those. He had his beliefs. He had his convictions. But he was able to interact with people who were very different than him. And he chose not to get angry at them and not to avoid them completely. He engaged them, and he just kept pointing them to the Father. And so that's what we're hoping that these two ads, 90 seconds worth of ads, a $20 million investment in front of 115 million people, that's what we're hoping is going to happen on, on Sunday night, February 12th. Fascinating. Okay, so Sunday night, February twelfth, uh, these ads come on, and uh, lots of conversation. We got some. We got some questions that'll come in about that already. Let me remind everyone of the phone number. We're going to get to the calls in just a minute, but let me remind you eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Because again, you've probably seen these ads, and you probably one of the more common responses I get from people is, well, "I wasn't sure who was behind these ads," and I think you know that's part of the thing is like. Um, let's learn more about Jesus. Let's, let's learn from his example. Let's dig deeper into who he was and what his call was. But um, 877-548-3675 is our number. Let me mention, because I'm going to go to you, Kevin, in just a second, because Jason talked about kind of his hope from the ads. I want to talk about your hope. He talked about his hope on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. I want to talk about your hope on, uh, I don't know what you call the day after the Super Bowl, uh, post-Super Bowl Monday. Um, but it was interesting because I was um, I was flying somewhere on Sunday. Uh, where was I flying? To Missouri, uh, to this this Assemblies of God meeting, and like everybody was really into some football game. You know, I, it was a championship or something. That so so people now just stream on the plane, which is you know so different from where we were just five years ago. So <clears throat> excuse me. So everyone's sort of watching this game, and uh, you know they're like I guess there was some referee issues. I don't know. People were yelling, and I kept watching. Because I knew the commercials were coming on, and so uh, then then I just kind of see you know people you know how are they going to respond to some of these things? So so we got Jason's hope on Sunday. Kevin, what's your hope Monday at the water cooler, and what does that look like? My hope is that a lot more followers of Jesus will have more boldness to initiate spiritual conversations. My hope is that rather than simply waiting and saying, I hope. Uh, my coworker randomly out of the blue asks me that that might happen. <laughs> What's more likely is that you could prayerfully initiate a conversation. Hey, did you see the game? 
hey, wasn't that great that the Eagles won or the Chiefs won or whatever your flavor is there? But um, what did you think of that ad? Did you notice that? And just ad? so we're clear, I, are those are the two teams in the Super Bowl. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, Ed, just like checking. you said, I, I, I realize that, that uh, and this is <laughs> this is American football. Ed, just in case you're wondering what sport we're even <laughs> okay. talking about. Good. Okay, so, but, so uh, I'm yeah, sorry I interrupted you just because I had to have a little fun. Keep going. <laughs> you had to do that. You know, that, that it's as simple as that. We want. I really believe that most followers of Jesus that have experienced His love, they want to be part of making disciples of all nations. They want to see people that they genuinely love, even people that might annoy them. They actually say, you know, I want them to know the love, joy, and peace of walking with Jesus. I want them to be secure in their whole in their in their eternity. How do I play a part in that? Open your mouth, have conversations. Ask questions. I really do think that asking questions is one of the best ways to just get into those conversations, not necessarily just making a declarative statement. I believe this. I think you believe that. What did you think of that spot? Did you happen to notice that he gets a spot? Did you see that cool uh, you know, spot about kids? Or what did you think of that spot showing the kind of angst and aggression that, that so much of it, so many of us are showing toward each other? It, it is a, a chance to, to talk about Jesus. It is a chance to talk about what people think about Jesus. And ultimately, that's kind of evangelism. What do people think of Jesus? The spots aren't putting the whole thing forward, like you said, Ed, but it's a chance for conversation. Okay, good. I want to continue our conversation. We're going to go to calls right when we come back from uh, the bottom of the hour break and continue our conversations as well. Let me invite you to call with your questions or comments, 877-548-3675. Again, the number is 877-548-3675. We're going to continue our conversation with your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back, uh, continuing our conversation about the He Gets Us campaign. You've seen the ads, and now you're talking to some of the creators uh, of the ad, the guy leading that part. And then uh, Kevin Palau just talked a little bit about evangelism and how that relates. And and again, I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. Kevin and I have worked as advisors to the campaign. Uh, we should also mention, too, that like so there's a distinction in what the campaign is and what for example, we want to encourage uh, churches to even have those water cooler conversations. So, Jason, I want to come back to you. So, because in the campaign, we don't refer to the He Gets Us campaign uh, as an evangelism campaign. Uh, you know, Kevin and I are very, you know, we're very passionate about evangelism. I know that in Christians are. So how does the He Gets Us campaign relate to the question of evangelism? Yeah, I, I see it as it's just a start for people. It, it's it's one little step in their faith journey. It's meant to be, you know, kind of a spark uh, in their heart and then allow it to grow from there. And so, you know, our he gets us the primary audience for the campaign is what we refer to as spiritually open skeptics. And that's actually what they've told us as a group that they most want to be referred to. So they're spiritually open. They're interested they're just very skeptical of Jesus, in, or not of Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, right. actually of Christianity. Uh, they're very much aligned with Jesus. And so what we found is that having a conversation with them, and ours is in the form of a seven-second or 15-second or 30- or 60-second ad, really around the biography of Jesus. This was something that I hadn't understood until just a few months ago. But to start with the biography of Jesus, people are fascinated by, well, what did he say? 
what did he do? What, what did he teach? How did he treat other people? And so spiritually open skeptics are very open to having that conversation. And we've just said, like, take the conversation that people are open to, like, start there. And you just never know how the Holy Spirit is going to work in somebody uh, or when they start reading scripture. The, the most frequent thing that they do is when they come to our website, the number one thing people act on is they sign up to read the Bible. And so, you know, right now we have three Bible reading plans that we've done in partnership with Version. Come Super Bowl Sunday, we'll actually have five plans. And that last plan is about, well, who did Jesus say that he was and what were his claims? And so... These are seven-day reading plans that people will be able to explore at their own time, on their own pace. Who was the Jesus of the Gospels? What did he say? What did he do? What did he teach? Who did he say that he was? And um, we think that's a great way. That's a great step. That's a great spark in their heart. And then we're trusting the Holy Spirit, the power of Scripture, the influence of other Jesus followers in their lives. That will help them on their spiritual journey. Okay, good. Let's let's go to some calls. Uh, let's go to uh, Yui, I think it's pronounced, in Champaign, Illinois. Yui, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I want to say um, I appreciate your show, Ed. I've been listening on and off um, for a long time, and it's great. And I love the Billy Graham Center. And um, I do want to say that I appreciate these ads to see them. And I was shocked. It's like, what? They didn't let Tim Tebow have ads. And it's great that, you know, we're allowed to have ads to glorify God. But my question really is, if you already have any feedback or stories or anything of people responding to the ads, and just, just I'd like to hear more about what has occurred so far in response to these ads. Love it. Love it. You, great, great question. And uh, so a couple of things I, I could say, too. I know we've, through the different campaigns, uh, we've seen over 100,000 people refer to churches. Uh, Kevin, why don't you weigh in a little bit, uh, if I could ask you to answer Yui's question, but also to answer ways people can respond by learning more, because that's part of it as well. And, and so, so, so what, are, what are some, well, just, just kind of talk through some of those things with us. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you, Yui. I can, I can sense you have a desire to see people know Jesus, which I do too, and all of us on the call do. Um, I'm on the, I happen to serve on the board of something called Alpha, which is one way that people find Christ, which is like a small group setting at a local church and people come and they can ask questions. And I'm, I'm familiar with a couple of people that I've just happened to have heard through that alpha connection that have come to Christ. They, they saw the ads, they came to the website. One of the choices that you can make when you come to the website is, as Jason already referenced, you can um, sign up for some U version reading plans. Another one though is be a part of a small group discussion in your community. And actually, we're going to have it um, coming up post-Super Bowl where you can do that online rather than having to do it in person. But I know of some people, there was a young woman, I, I can't remember the name or, or town, but it was really exciting to see texts going back and forth between some of the Alpha staff people saying, wow, this young woman joined an Alpha group because she saw the ads, she had questions, she went through this group and now has fully committed her life to Christ, been baptized, et cetera. So that is exactly the hope um, that people will keep exploring. And, and so I, I've kind of mentioned some of the pathways. People go to this He Gets Us website. They have the choice if they choose. And that's an important thing, I think, to say. It's not heavy handed. It's not in your face. 
um, which uh, there, there are times and places for more direct uh, types of evangelism. This one's a pretty soft approach. Choose your own adventure kind of a thing. Choose the pathway you want. We want people to explore Jesus through scripture, which is one of the primary ways God's given us to know him is through scripture. So signing up for the Version reading plans, potentially being a part of an alpha group, and, and frankly, just connecting to a church. Thousands of churches across the country, and Ed, you've been a part of helping thousands of churches across the country say, I want to be a church that's able to respond to these spiritual explorers in my area. So I think it's some, I might get the number wrong. I think it's over 6,000 churches spread across the country that are able to talk to people via text or, or a chat, uh, email as well, that are saying, kind of raising their hand saying, hey, I'm in Paducah, Kentucky. I saw these ads. I went to the website. I want to talk to someone in my area. So as Ed, as you mentioned, over 100,000 people have chosen to have some kind of connection with the church. That's pretty cool in my book. Yeah, so it's interesting. So these are um, like pathways to discussion and people can get more involved. And if you go to hegetsuspartners.com, and I, I'm not sure if I, we put that on the website yet. So Karen, our producer, she listens to the show while we're doing this. If we could, if that's not there, let's put hegetsuspartners.com. So so Jason, talk to us about, well, I mean, you got hegetsus.com. That's kind of the uh, front-facing thing that the ads point to. You got hegetsuspartners.com. I, I know also too, there's the means to, and we can add this to the site as well, our site as well. If you go to edstetzerlive.com, we'll have that all up in just a minute. But uh, tell us too about how you can text to get connected to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, just share share these these ways to get involved and engaged. Yeah, a couple different ways. So, you know, you're mentioning the the texting. So, if people want to text Super Bowl to seven zero one nine three, that's kind of the our insiders group, and so. We'll keep sharing things over the next week about what's coming in the Super Bowl and how you can be ready, share resources with you. And we're really sharing portions of things that are also available on hegetsuspartners.com. So when you go there, that's got all kinds of things from like if you're a pastor and you want a sermon series or you're a small group leader and you want a small group guide or maybe you're just an individual. You're like, you know, like what Kevin is talking about. Could I just have like a little discussion guide of what's coming in the ads and how I can ask good questions. So all of those resources are available on hegetsuspartners.com. And then if you want to learn more about the campaign, you know, that's just hegetsus.com. So if you're like, well, who's behind this and what's the agenda? We actually just put up uh, just recently. Um, I'm looking at it uh, today live on the website for the first time. It's, it's uh, what is the agenda of he gets us? And so we keep telling people it's the radical love of Jesus and proclaiming that. And they're like, yeah, 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 that. But like, what else? And we're like, no, the radical love of Jesus. So we finally just wrote in a few hundred words, really what what our agenda is. And we're leaning into that and, and claiming that. So those would be the few key ways that that people can connect to learn about the campaign if they want to go deeper and get resources or if they're like hey could you just text me every few days and we can i can keep track of what's going on from now up until super bowl sunday and then i i love what you're talking about which is that day after just a water cooler conversation the day after so that's how people can put it together in their minds okay we're going to continue our conversation uh with uh both uh, jason vanderground 
and with Kevin uh, Palau in just a minute. We're going we're gonna to take your calls as well. We've got one more segment that we can actually take your calls in, so let me encourage you to, uh, to give us a shout, 877-548-3675. I'd actually love to hear, hey, I, heard, I saw the ad, you know, this is, you know, maybe I had a conversation about the ad. Again, 877-548-3675. One more segment with your calls. I've got a couple more questions I'm going to ask as well, but again, our number is 877 548 3675. We're going to continue our conversation about the He Gets This campaign in just a moment. Hey, we're back. Continuing our conversation with the He Gets This campaign. Uh, Jason Vanderground at Haven leads in that effort. Jason, we'll come back to you too. I mean, you, the campaign's gotten some feedback as well, some response from people. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so one of the things that we we did during the summer is we sponsored several Major League Baseball teams. One of them was the Cardinals. And so um, when Albert Pujols was going for his 700th home run, there was actually a sign that came up in the background. It just said, Jesus forgives errors. And we were kind of having fun with these lines, taking something from the teaching of Jesus, something from the ball game, just putting them together. But all the time, we have people write into us on social media. And this guy writes in and he says, you know, I'm watching the game. I see the sign come up, Jesus forgives errors. And he goes, I had just made a critical mistake at work. It had cost me my job immediately. He never tells us what the mistake is, but he says, my relationship with my my partner began to unravel. My life became a mess. He's pretty much saying like, "I, I got to the end of my rope and I didn't know if there was life after a critical mistake. And he says, I see this line, Jesus forgives errors. And he just thinks, so Jesus forgives me for what I did in that situation. He goes, there's life after a fatal mistake. He goes, failure doesn't have to be fatal. Like God forgives me. I can find new life after a mistake. And we're just like, wow. Like we thought we were just having fun with a baseball, you know, stadium sign. And there we have somebody going, no, that had a profound impact on my life. So we hear stuff like that all the time as people write into the campaign and share how it's impacting them. Yeah, that was fun. We we I was at the White Sox. I think we were both at the White Sox. I'm not sure you were at that yeah. one, uh, but yeah. you are okay. And and it was fun to sort of watch when that ad, when that uh, Jesus forgave errors came up. Uh, people like were you know hitting each other and like you know tapping each other's shoulder and pointing up to the sign. And uh, and you know and I, I you know I thought that was clever. And people people responded to that again. One of the of course there's a whole group of people who say, well, you know, I mean, he also did this and he called us to this. And I would say, you know, again, it's it's a it's a clever pithy line that leads to further discussions, which I think leads to a good question. Mary Jane, uh, Grabuco, I hope I'm saying that great. Canyon, California, you're live on the air with your question or comment. Go ahead. Hi, I was wondering if you have phone banks or any kind of immediate um, access for people to talk with someone after the ads, because I was part of the one-way ad campaign back in 1972, and I know phones are very very old uh, tech, but sometimes people want to speak to someone right away. And when texting is involved, sometimes things can happen. So I didn't know if you had a nationwide phone bank set up like we did when we did the one-way ad campaign. It's a good question. It's a good question. Let's go to Kevin on that because um, there is the the texting means, and so there'll be some conversation from there. Uh, what does the subsequent, con- what are subsequent conversations options? What does that look like, Kevin? Yeah, so it's it, it's funny. It's it's almost everything but direct phone. So there's the texting, 
chat uh, immediacy, which is funny, you know, younger people basically don't use their phones to talk on the phone anymore. They use it for everything but, and they tend to communicate, you know, very rapidly uh, via texting. So there's, it's texting, it's email. Um, so it, 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 we actually haven't chosen to pursue that for a variety of reasons, but there is immediacy. I think that the, the heart of what you're saying is we do want to be prepared. And there are these thousands of churches and thousands of individuals that are ready to respond uh, as people text chats, so to speak, or right. email. So, but that's the key, though. So so you have the connection, and Jason reminding us you can text for prayer and live chat. But then you eventually, if you want to, you can, and there are churches that, uh, you know, uh, and over 20,000 churches now kind of signed up to different ways to get involved and engage in the campaign at hegetsuspartners.com. You go to there, uh, and those churches can actually receive what the campaign calls explorers, so, Jason, did I, did I articulate that correct you, from the chat to there? And if not, or if so, just kind of make sure that I'm explaining that correctly. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are spot on. I mean, we, we offer text for prayer so people can text a toll-free number. That seems to be work really well. Our, you know, our, our audience is people about 18 years old to 44 years old and, and people who are spiritually open but skeptical. For, so for them, you know, text is the number one way. Live Live chat, which... You know, some people love and some people are like, ah, oh, live chat, like really irritates me. But we offer live chat and then you can connect with somebody local in your community. And so people can go on right on the website, he gets us.com and say, here's my name, here's my email. And then share information about what it is that they're looking for, what kind of conversation. And then the campaign will match them with someone in their local area, a Jesus follower who would love to sit down and have coffee with them, meet up with them in the community listen to some of their questions about Jesus and Christianity and begin to walk with them. So lots of different ways. And, and trust me, we are all hands on deck for Super Bowl Sunday. So we're expecting millions of people to be on the website and probably hundreds of thousands of people to be taking these actions. So uh, that's one thing that the audience can be in prayer about is we're, we're just doing everything we can to make sure that the website uh, stays up, doesn't break. And we're able to answer all of these people that are reaching out yeah. for help on Super Bowl Sunday night. So, you know, this is the, I, I actually, we'd never had this conversation. I was going to ask you guys. And then uh, when we had our next call, um, so how, how, you know, millions of people are going to show up and, you know, everyone's like website blows up when millions of people show up. So, so I'm glad to hear that there's a plan that it won't blow up. Cause I'm going to tell you, there's going to be all kinds of people wanting to know more about what he gets us is, which, which I think leads us to, to back to this question of, I mean, this is a unique moment in time. You know, uh, you know, Mary Jane had mentioned that she was involved in an earlier campaign where the kind of ads ran. This is like multiple times larger than that. Um, but, you know, and we, we see in the past, like if we go back to even to the 70s, crew had these, um, you know, I founded campaigns. Um, but Kevin, we live in a very divided time. We live in a very, you know, very, very upset with one another kind of time. And everyone's even, you know, people see these things like, well, I think this or I think that. Um, what call would you give as we kind of come to, we've got a few minutes left, but as we come to the end of the program, what call would you give for Jesus followers, which is part of what the exhortation is for this campaign, uh, to seize this cultural moment for the sharing of the good news? Tell us why that matters and what you might exhort us to consider. Yeah, I, I would challenge everybody to to take a deep breath. No ad campaign is perfect. 
it's not the gospel. It's not intended to be like, this is everything you need to know to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that. But I would say rejoice in the fact that Jesus is being put forward in a biblical way, that millions of people are going to be seeing it, and, and just that the Holy Spirit can use that. Pray that the Holy Spirit will use that. I, I love this definition of evangelism, which is joining the Holy Spirit in a conversation he's already having with someone. God is the great evangelist. He's the one who sent Jesus. He's the one longing for a relationship and doing everything that's necessary to establish that. So I guess I would say, take a deep breath, avoid the tendency to look at the, the negative or something you disagree with, and just be a part of uh, furthering the message of Jesus and in the way of Jesus. And if someone you know, disagrees with you or didn't like the ad or whatever, listen respectfully, practice the way that Jesus responded to conflict. I mean, that's really the point of the ads uh, that you'll see in the Super Bowl is um, can we as Jesus followers be part of the solution and be actually acting in Christ-like ways? So, I mean, it's as simple as I guess what we hope every believer's about every day, live like Jesus and make him known. Jason, um, we got about 30 seconds. You're gonna hear the music, but we got about 30 seconds. How can we pray for this campaign and how can we pray for the upcoming Super Bowl opportunity? Yeah, well, I just, I love what Kevin has just said there. So pray that exactly what he said will happen, that we're, we're just joining together in a conversation, an eternal conversation that's already happening with people that they would be stirred, that as the name of Jesus is lifted up and each ad will proclaim Jesus, 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 that that name would really get through to the American people. 115 million people will be watching that. And then that his people would be ready to hear these conversations. So that's our prayer. And we're looking forward to uh, February 12th. It's gonna be an epic evening. Yeah, and I would remind everyone listening, because again, I, at the front, I kind of shared I'm involved in some of these things. Um, the Super Bowl is a very big moment, but it is one moment in a series of moments that we're hoping will foster a national conversation and then gives us the opportunity to talk about who Jesus is and why ultimately that matters. So thanks very much to my guests, Jason Vandergrand, President of Haven, Kevin Palau, President and CEO of the Luis Palau Association. As always, thank you for my team, Karen Hendren, my producer, Courtney Young, my engineer, Charles Man in the Phones. To hear today's program again or to share it with somebody else, go to edstetzerlive.com. You can also connect with us through all the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. kind of tells you what's coming up, for example. Uh, let me remind you that Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio. It's a ministry of Moody Bible Institute, and we're super thankful for our partners and radio networks around the country that broadcast us as well. Remind you to go to edstetzerlive.com, click on all the resources that we mentioned here today, and be praying for that he gets this opportunity. 